City. It's your man, Big Pat, the voice of your Charlotte Hornets. And you're listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network, presented by Sports Illustrated. Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. You are listening to the Hornets and Heartbreak podcast on the All Hornets Podcast Network. One podcast feed with multiple shows making sure we cover the Charlotte Hornets from every angle. If you like what you hear, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. The All Hornets Podcast is affiliated with the Fans First Sports Podcast Group. On today's episode, we're going to cover a lot of topics, do a little bit of some Hornets therapy for everybody. The start at 2-5 and five is not great, but there are some things that we can uh, take hope from. Uh, so without further ado, please enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Hornets and Heartbreak Podcast. My name is Mark Bernacki and I'm here with my co-host Tim Rogers. What's up, Tim? What it do? Look at Mark. I'm doing pretty well, man. So uh, I'm pretty excited for today's episode. Tim and I were texting back and forth, planning this one out. And uh, basically, I knew, I knew Tim, you wanted to come on the podcast and just be extremely negative. And I was like, let's look at the bright side of things. After like a few text exchange back and forth, we came up with the idea. All right, this is a Hornets therapy session. We're just going to go through various things Tim and I have come up with. And we're going to say whether or not you should have your hopes up or you should just cope with it uh, and deal with the fact that it's not going to happen. So hope or cope, that's the name of today's episode. First thing on the list is LaMelo will be the best player in his draft class. Tim, hope or cope? That is a um, hefty cope. I'd be okay. happy if he could just um, if he could just stay third best player in his class. Still cooking with gas. Yeah, I mean, he's firmly the third best player in the class right now. And the two players above him would be Anthony Edwards and Tyrese Halliburton, who LaMelo beat out in his rookie season for rookie of the year. And I would say in his second season was like in contention for the best best player of that three. What's changed is that last year he was hurt a lot and the Hornets were terrible. 
So I, I have a different answer. I'm gonna I'm gonna say hope. I think it's still possible. Might be delusional, right? Might might be delusional in in therapy. This is how people would say, like, you know, this is how you get hurt, Mark. Don't do that. We're the Hornets and Heartbreak Podcast. I'm okay with a little bit of heartbreak uh, for a little bit of excitement. I'm gonna go with it's it's still possible. Okay, and let's let's get into the details. He's coming off of a back to back thirty point game. Uh, only the third time in his career that that's happened. Um, he played very well in both those games, 30-point triple-double. The other side of the coin is that he started the season with three games under 30% from the floor. He had never done that before in his career. So what that balances out to is, like, he's been worse than last year so far. He's not played exceptionally well this year at all. But two very encouraging games (laughs) back-to-back. I mean, those two games, they're great. You know, um, but the sign that he is not the best player from his class and probably will not be is when he has like a typical game scoring wise that like Anthony Edwards has. We'll talk about that for a week. Mm. And then when he has like a average Tyrese Halliburton game, we'll be like, see, man, he's putting it all together. He's just uh, there's no there's no shame in it. Like Halliburton just turned out to be a great, great, great player um ghost of um fuck your rookie kind of coming back but we will always have that rookie of the year you know it's like the guy that was like really good at basketball in high school and now he's 30 and he's like man i would have dusted y'all when i was 18 we'll always have that rookie of the year but i don't think we're gonna have more first place all nba finishes Mm. okay okay i i think it's not over yet i think it's not over yet i think last year he was hurt a lot I think uh, Anthony Edwards and Tyrese Halliburton are better than him at this point. But. Yeah, I, I want to say, like, there is definitely a chance. Like, I think it's, you know, like 10%. Maybe that's even, like, a little high. But, like, I don't think that Anthony Edwards is, like, that great. Like, you know, he's not as good as people say. I kind of am that high on Halliburton. I'm totally sold. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. But, yeah, I mean, like, there's a future three years from now where we look back at this period – Kind of like when people were like, Carl Anthony Towns is way better than Anthony Davis. Like, mm. there are ebbs and flows to this. But yeah, for now, cope. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say a couple more things. Like, the things that are encouraging is that he's been trying to get to the rim, like, a lot more. And that's what we've been saying he needs to do. Uh, and I think that was particularly evident in the past couple games. He's not great at the rim. We know that, but he's trying. He's trying to do that more. He's throwing up less mid-range floaters, which I think was like one of the worst parts of his game. People say like, oh, it looks cool, but it doesn't go in. So it's not that good of a shot. Um, and he's trying to get to the rim. I mean, with him, with him you got to agree with like the national media people. When it's, not, when it's not working, it's really ugly. It's really, really ugly. And we saw that in the first like five games of the season. It was just, it was just horrible. Like what's, what's going on with him? What's wrong with the shot? He's getting back to normal now, and it's very fun. 34 points and then 30 points back-to-back games. Um, the other issue is that he turns the ball over way way much, way too much, and it's, like, getting worse. He's averaging four turnovers per game this year with two games with six turnovers, and I don't think he's had a game under three turnovers. So um, that's not what you want from your lead point guard and from the player who just got a max deal. And I think, Tim, this is the first time ever where we've kind of come on the podcast and been even like remotely negative about Lamelo Ball. <laughs> yeah, you know, took took a couple years. Um, he's been weirdly like loose with the ball, like handled in transition, um, especially last night. Just like you know, it doesn't turn it over there, but yeah, just like a little a little loose with it. 
And, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, like, if you ever read, like, uh, music criticism, but they have, like, these descriptive terms for, like, guitar. Like, like oh, man, that's a kind of like a windshield wiper guitar. Like, that's an angular, uh, you know, vocal arrangement, like, stuff like that. I would describe Lamello's play as flimsy. And, like, not in a bad way, but something about it, even, like, when he's really cooking, it just feels as though something's kind of like the other shoe is going to drop. Mm. If that makes any mm. sense. Like, I don't know. It's like, I'm not saying he's not a winner, not saying he's like a total loser or anything, but his hot streaks seem less sustainable than other really good players. I can, I can agree with that. Here's the other thing I'll say is that, like, you know, we've been saying he needs to add something to his game. He needs to add something to his game. He needs to add something to his game. And he's kind of been showing that he's going to do that. Like getting to the line more, going to the rim more. If if he can sustain that, that's why I'm like a hope on this one, not not a cope. Because take give him a little bit of time. You know, he's coming off of the injury. I think that two days ago or, or four days ago, whatever, the answer maybe is just cope. Um, but past two games have been been super encouraging. <laughs> oh, thank God we missed last recording session for um, yeah personally. Ah. But yes, uh, that would have been that would have had a lot of egg on my face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told you, I told you, I didn't, I didn't want to go so in on him. I wanted to give him a little bit, a little bit more time to, to uh, show his show his stuff. Okay, next thing on the list, uh, Brandon Miller is going to be Rookie of the Year. Um, in any other year, I would say hope, but right now, big time cope. Yep, big time, big time cope. Um, after three games, I was starting to get my hopes up that, that it was possible. He had that like 20 something point game against the Nets and he was leading the NBA in points per game for rookies. Victor was like pretty bad out of the gates. I'll say, uh, like I watched him a couple times and I was not super impressed turning the ball over a lot, not doing too much offensively. And then he scored 38 points in the game. Um, so yeah, that one, that one's definitely a cope, uh, time to get over that. Brandon Miller will show flashes, but he's not as good as Victor Wembanyama. Um, unfortunately the Hornets did not get the number one pick. This is something we're going to have to deal with for years and years and years, just thinking about Victor and how he could have been on the Hornets, but this one's a cope. I I mean, again, I'm really excited about Brandon Miller. Like after the Nets, Nets game again, he was averaging the most points per game of every rookie. Now it's down to third behind Chet and Victor. Uh, he's got the second highest minutes per game of any rookie. Asar Thompson is higher than him. That's the only player. And offensively, I mean, he's just shown that he's going to be a good scorer, I think. Yeah, no, he um he's got grown man game, no way around it. No, no shame in finishing, you know, second or third. And also, yeah, like Chet, yeah, he'd already been in the NBA for a year. So that's a that's a phony one. Um, Should we pull but, out the Donovan Mitchell thing? Um, yeah, you know, I I even felt that way. Even though Blake Griffin, like that rookie season, was really cool. Yeah, you you're not a rookie. I don't know. It's like you've been paid by an NBA team. It's like can't go back to college once you get an agent. I don't I don't know if that's still a rule anymore. Um. But yeah, same same thought. And also, you brought up, like, the three-game sample size. I'm tired of, like, this part in the season. Like, I want to just be able to send stats and not have to qualify. Be like, small sample size, I know. Fuck it, man. Let's just ride, dude. Those three games were awesome. And you know, when he has three awesome games in February, I wish that, like, we'll do an episode where we just treat, like, a random week in March as though it's, like, the first day of the season. I'm like, oh my god! Like his JT Thor shot turned around at forty percent. You know, the first week—that's crazy. 
just sometimes just live live in the small moments as a Hornets fan. Take what you can get. Yeah, yeah, that was a fun little moment, dude. I post on Instagram, Brandon Miller at the top of the list of, of points per game. It was fun while it lasted. Uh, I, I can we can take that. But yeah, going to be rookie of the year. That that one we got to get over unless Victor Wembanyama gets hurt. Um, that's the only that's the only plausible outcome I think for him actually being rookie of the year. But he's been a very good rookie, and he showed himself to be uh, so far better than Scoot Henderson. Yeah, you know that's that's really what matters. I thought about doing a little bit of hate where I was like. I mean, the Spurs are last in defensive rating. It's like, how good is he really? But um, nah, <laughs> we can let sleeping dogs lie. And uh, yeah, I hope Scoot turns it around. But as of right now, he's not even worthy of a fuck your rookie segment. That's right. That's right. Yeah, maybe we'll bring that back. Again, we got to record like after a fire Brandon Miller game. He's been a little bit more cold in the past past couple games. Uh, so yeah, cope, cope on that one. This podcast is brought to you by AllHornets.com, a credentialed Charlotte Hornets outlet powered by Sports Illustrated. AllHornets.com's aim is to bring you 360-degree coverage on all things Charlotte Hornets. From breaking news, rumors, fan Q&As, and in-depth analysis, AllHornets.com covers it all, and nobody does it better. All right, next one on the list, Mark Williams is the franchise center. Um, I will, I will give hope to that, and... Um... It's it's like good good for Mark like he is really good. It's also just a statement of our franchise history. Yeah, yeah, where we haven't had a center for more like a solid center in ten years since Al Jefferson, um, and even Al Jefferson, we we know that the defensive stuff like it was never going to be uh, he was never going to be the best center on like a, a really really good team with the way the NBA was changing at that point in time, right? Um, Steve, Clifford, yeah, Mark, what do you mean the NBA's changed? <laughs> <laughs> nobody's ever said that before that was that was an original statement dude in, in 2015 there was a three-point revolution nobody talks about it okay um yeah so he's averaging 14.6 points per game eight boards a steal and a block that's two stocks in only 25 minutes per game he is the answer tim i wish he was playing more minutes i don't know why he's only playing 25 minutes per game let's get him up to 32 again uh small sample size Offensive rating through seven games is 146 with Mark Williams. That means 146 per 100 possessions with him on the court. That is very, very good and not sustainable. averaging a point per possession he's on the court. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, he's been so good. If he was playing 32 minutes per game, his numbers would be like 17 and 10. Yeah, it's it's just so weird that – you know, last year they would just ride Plumlee. It's like, oh, we're getting cooked in pick and roll. Plumlee will figure it out. But now it's like we actually have the strength. Like, Steve Clifford, just don't be such a coward. Just play your best players. Don't worry about, like, and if you're going to replace him, oh, let's go small. What are our options? JT Thor. Then stay big. Just yeah. Don't overthink it. Just ride with your best players. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, like, it's not even foul trouble. Like, it is sometimes, but – it's not even foul trouble. He only has like two and a half fouls per game. Um, so, you, I mean, that would be reasonable if he, he's like one of those Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, players who just get fouls all the time. But he's not really like he should be, be just playing more. Uh, I mean, Nick Richards has been OK as the backup center. But, yeah, let's delete the minutes. Let's delete the minutes where we don't have one of those two players in uh, for now, for now, without uh, – a decent small ball lineup. I don't, I don't think we have one. 
There's um yeah, there's no worse feeling. I was rewatching the Pacers game the next morning, and you know, like you know, I'll text, you know, I'll text Mark and like buddies some thoughts, you know, just kind of keep track of them, use them almost like as a notebook. And I was just like, man, Nick Richards is cooking. And I was like, man, it's nine thirty in the morning, and I'm getting pumped for second quarter Nick Richards minutes. Man, we really have been just depleted of center for so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's it. That's it. He's very good. Uh, he's He's extremely good. You check the box score and it's like, oh, he didn't miss a shot. That's cool. Like, <laughs> yeah, so like three great games. Yeah. Even knocked down a uh, free throw line jumper against, uh, I believe that was the Mavs. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was at your house watching that game. I remember. Yeah. No, it was um, it was beautiful. Where do you think he, he maxes out at? I know we've had this conversation in the past. Have things changed for you? Like, just center-wise. Mm, peak Clint Capella? That'd be pretty solid. If like a, like a bigger Clint Capella that could stay healthy, that's like a monster player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he can do that, dude. I mean, let's see. Let's see if uh, Clifford starts playing him more. I mean, he really should be playing more. Um, all the signs point towards productivity when he's on the court. Uh, I know he's a second year player, but just just play him more. This is my this is my new like my biggest rotation complaint. Like is is this one the the latest one is Mark Williams play more. My mic was muted. Uh, <laughs> said you don't you don't follow football at all, but have you have you followed what's uh, or heard about what's happening with the Atlanta Falcons? No. So they've taken a tight end fourth overall, which is the highest the tight ends ever gone. They took a running back with the eighth overall pick, and then they took another wide receiver with like the eighth pick in the draft. No team has ever done that three straight years, and their coach is just like, "Yeah, man, fuck it, I'm gonna throw it to my backup tight end." I'm going to get an undrafted rookie to get goal line carries and I'm only throwing to journeyman wide receivers. And just like sometimes just utilize your best players. And I get a little bit of feeling from that uh, with Cliff sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I agree. All right. PJ Washington is next on the list. Can he sustain his 18 points per game scoring? Hope or cope? Cope. 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 I'm with you on that one. Uh, there's like some signs for, for hope. Uh, he's currently shooting only 33% on threes, which would be the lowest of any of his previous seasons. And his career average is 36 and percent. So you can expect that to go up. He's also not taking enough shots from three. He's only taking 30% of his shots from three, which is way lower, uh, than career average and like optimal three point shooting. But, uh, yeah, I think his rim shooting has been like unsustainable shooting 80% of the rim. Um, he's doubled his dunk rate from last year. I think there's like some signs of improvement though in his scoring at the rim where he has that like new little jumper shot or not jumper runner, a runner shot that we talked about in the last podcast um, that seems to go in like at like a decently high clip. Um, Yeah. I think that a team where PJ Washington is scoring 18 points per game on is destined for not even the play in. Like I think it's a result of our lineup right now. Um, And I think that with better players, uh, he would not be putting up the same numbers, but I am encouraged by his improvement in finishing at the rim and like around the rim. Yeah, I do think that. Um, yeah, again, like it's no no shots at PJ. Um, yeah, I mean, eighty percent of the rim not going to keep up, as you said, but he has shown promise. And uh, yeah, I mean, this is definitely the the step you want him to take. I kind of wonder what a team would look like if it was a little more PJ centric. I guess it would be just a terrible team, but like, could he be like, you know, he's fresh on the mind right now. Like, 
Could he beat Kyle Kuzma? Mm, I don't think he has the ball handling that Kyle Kuzma has. Yeah, yeah that's the problem, right? Is the handle. Um, he's definitely he's definitely more of like a complimentary player where uh, he needs to get like a lot of his shots assisted. Yeah, he um he's got he's got a little more self creation going on statistically this year. It definitely seems that way at the eye test. Not as big of a jump statistically as I thought it'd be. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it, at least like when someone closes out on him, he can dribble the ball now. Mm. Like not crossing anyone over. He did have a step back that first game, which is crazy. But um, yeah, I mean, it's like now I'm at least like not like closing my eyes and just knowing a turnover is going to come when someone closes out on him. So he's taking good steps. Yeah. Yeah. And it's encouraging that he's like improving kind of each, each year. Um, and I mean, it's normal. It's normal development. His development has been kind of linear. People say development's not linear. I think it has been with him a little bit. Just um, imagining a 33 year old PJ Washington running the league. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you could, he's definitely gotten better. I, I think the 18 points per game number is, is not gonna, not gonna hold up. If um, he got, if he got like 5% better every single year and age did not come into factor, how long until he would be the best player in the NBA? Um, five percent. So ten more years. years. You think so? I think like that. Like if if someone was twice as good as PJ Washington, would they be the best player in the league? It'd be twenty years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Random. Uh, definitely cope cope on that one. Not gonna be the best player in the league. I think. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, if he continues this this scoring, it it's cool. Uh, I mean, I'm here for it. But I don't. I don't think that you should get your hopes up too much that he's going to be an 18 points per game scorer. No. Um, next one on the list: JT Thor will develop into a rotation player. <sighs> I really want to say hope, but it's Cope, man. He sucks. Yeah, he's gotten three points per game in 18 minutes. His flashes of good three-point shooting, Tim, they just aren't sustainable. We saw it in the preseason. His shot looks really clean and stuff. Every time he shoots it, I'm like, oh, that looked good. But, uh, yeah, it doesn't It doesn't go in. He's, like, a super fascinating player to watch. I kind of said this on the last podcast. But this, this one's a cope for me, too. And it just, like, the bench minutes for the Hornets are brutal. When JT Thor is our center, it's brutal. Like, please just play Mark Williams more. I mean, I want to see him develop into, into a rotation player, but we have, like, a decent sample size now. He shows these flashes, but uh, it's not it's not working right now. If the goal if the goal is to win this year, JT Thor isn't, should not be involved. You can't have this P.J. Tucker-esque, like, offensive role when there's also Teo Maladon, Nick Richards on the floor as well. I mean, the offense just crumbles. It's not, like, entirely his fault. But, yeah, I mean, just the fact that, like, when would he ever even get up like 10 shots in a game? And like offense isn't yeah. everything, but his defense, he's like showed a lot of flashes early. Like, I don't think he's a bad defender. I just don't really know what to make of his defense. Like rim protection, like meh. Like when he switches on players, like meh, like nothing's like bad, but there's just no like calling card. Yeah. There's also the one time every two games where he tries to dunk over somebody and just gets embarrassed. Yeah. That's, I think it's cool. I wish more players. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, every time he does it, I'm like, huh? And it doesn't work. <laughs> um, yeah. No, no. I, I agree. Like, he, I mean, he's tantalizing. Like, he's, 
I don't know. It's it's fun to watch him play, but it's not going well. <laughs> it's not going well. And you know, you could say like it's his third year in life, and he's like twenty two years old. He's like extremely young. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. That I I'd, I'd rather that just be another team's headache. Wish him all the best. Yeah, I I mean, reserve the right to change my mind, but at this point, it's a cope for me as well. All right, the team will make the play-in after Miles Bridges' return. And I want to say this, that regardless of how anybody feels about Miles Bridges returning, it's going to happen. Uh, we've you know had some reports that he's practicing with the team. Um, like the recent news just hasn't changed the Hornets' stance seemingly on Miles Bridges' return. So all signs point to him coming back after after 10 games. And it's something that, as Hornets podcasters, we got to talk about because it seems like it's going to happen. Yeah, not a fan of his personal work, but, you know, he's on the team. Uh, just for argument's sake, let's say that he averages 16 points, six rebounds, three assists when he gets back. Uh, and, you know, eats into or eats all of JT Thor's minutes and some of PJ's. Um. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say hope. I'm gonna say hope. I think we could, we could make a run. Yeah, I'm gonna say you can keep your hopes up. Um, for now, you gotta get. Let's get like ten games with him in the lineup, <clears throat> and then we'll have a better picture of how the Hornets look just in that with that team with the full roster. Um, Terry Rozier obviously out for a while, uh, so that that hurts our chances. But every team deals with injuries. You know, that's something that's gonna happen to every team. So, um. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, ho- I'm hopeful that it'll have a positive impact on, on the team. The thing about this one is that it, the range of outcomes is, like, so high. There's, like, okay, he doesn't play, like, for some reason, right? There's uh, the he comes back and is as good as he was before. There's he comes back and it takes him a long time to – he never gets back to where he was before. There's he comes back and he's better than he was before. And none, none of the things – none of none of those, nobody knows. Like, I don't have a take. Um I think that any of those things could happen. So, yeah, I guess keep your hopes up uh, for the Hornets' success when he comes back. But we just need to see it, I think. Yeah, I think that's a good call. And, yeah, like, as you said, literally have no idea because there's not really a track record of players just missing a healthy 90 games. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, Okay, next one on the list. Tim, this one's fun for me. Teo Maladon is the answer at backup point guard. Hope or cope? Neither. Fact. Okay. Okay. Come on. No, I'm. I'm just kidding. No, he's been god awful. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, bring back Edmund Sumner. No, I'm just kidding. No, it, it's definitely it's definitely a cope. He's shooting 16 percent from three in seven games. Small sample size, but I don't care. He's super hesitant to shoot. Uh, only contributing 1.7 assists per game also, and this is in 18 minutes. Not exactly. Uh, lighten it up with the passes. Um, yeah, he's not the answer at backup point guard. We need something else. Maybe it's Ish Smith. Maybe it's McGowan's. Maybe it's Book Knight. We got to try everything, I think. Uh, just just throw some people out there and see see what sticks. Um, but his minutes have been too high, and it's been, it's been hurting the team. You know, what's up? Little-known player, plays on the West Coast. He doesn't average double digits. He doesn't get a lot of assists, not a lot of blocks. His name is Draymond Green, all right? And sometimes <laughs> stats 
tell the whole story. No, I'm just kidding. No, he's um he's he's been up last night especially. I was just watching. I was like, wow. Felt like watching like your childhood home like burn down. I was like, man, this sucks. <laughs> like, brutal every second of it, every mistake, and there were so many mistakes. I was like, damn. He made a layup, and like the layup almost bounced out, and I was just gonna be like, all right, I'm just gonna call it quits. But uh, yeah, so that was fun. Fun while it lasted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you reached that uh, conclusion, Tim. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the Hornets have got got to keep looking. Keep looking for the answer. Uh, for ba- the backup point guard minutes. And now we don't have Terry Rozier, so it's e- even harder. Um, okay, the Hornets will make it to the uh, in-season tournament or past the group stages of the in-season tournament. Hope or cope? Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go cope, dude. I, I don't fully understand, but I've seen our division, and um, I don't like our odds. Yeah, the group is uh, the Knicks, the Heat, the Bucks, and the Wizards. So those are three teams that are playoff teams, and then the Wizards who just beat us. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, I have to agree with you. Like I, I would love it if we beat the Wizards and on Friday, and then we have we have some hope uh, to you know if we win two more games, maybe we'll win the win the group, which is true. It's like it's possible, but uh, seems unlikely. Seems unlikely, especially with teams trying harder in these group stages without the Hornets being fully healthy. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't really see it. I don't hey, really. that's that's a smart little caveat right there. So then you know the Hornets aren't healthy. Mm-hmm. It's like other you'd be taking the Bucks to the woodshed. Yeah, no. If we, I mean, come on. If we had if we had Terry Rozier and Cody Martin, we'd be we'd be cooking. But you know what's wild? That that whole group. The person I'm most afraid of is fucking Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> Tim Tim sent me a meme last night of just like Kuzma dressed up in in like some fashionable fashionable clothing. Uh, and was like, we're getting cooked. We're getting cooked by this guy. Kuzma had 33, and and he always, always owns the Hornets. It's kind of unreal. It's so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll catch him like every other night. It's like, no, oh, Kuzma, seven for 16, minus 14. And then against us, he just turns it. He puts up like Barkley-esque stat lines. It's <laughs> like, what, what do you do to deserve this? <laughs> It happens every single every single time we play the Wizards. It's it's hilarious. Okay, so Tim Tim, we've let it all out. Actually, I guess I guess there's one more thing. Unfortunately, we both rooting for the best of are rooting for the best for him. But Cody Martin is is not coming back uh, from this injury like anytime soon. He's been uh, like doing some work on the exercise bike. Um, so we thought we might have him back after he was out last like all of last year but he's still uh, recovering with his knee and with knee injuries. Like sometimes that's really, really bad for a player's player's career. So feel bad for him. Like want him to come back, but I like do not get your hopes up. Don't be thinking like Cody Martin's going to come back soon. I don't think it's going to be soon. Nah. Yeah. And um, honestly we had a, we had a rough start to our relationship, but um, nothing but love for, Cody and honestly Caleb as well. Happy those dudes both got paid, especially because you know Caleb. It looks like he'll be fine health wise, but um, glad that Cody got the bag because yeah, this when they're still talking about like ah oh, man, he was really hitting the stationary bike hard the other day. It's like ah cooked, yeah, cooked. But um, you know what? Nothing but love for the guy. Yeah, yeah. wish hoping for the best, best for him. Hope he gets back, but but don't get, don't get your hopes up. Like we were kind of thinking that he was going to be back this year and it doesn't seem like that's going to happen um, anytime soon at the very least. All right, Tim, 
Hornets therapy uh, session is over. Uh, let's talk about the Wizards game last night where we have already talked about Kyle Kuzma dropping 33. Um, but what were some of your takeaways from that game? Um, that our, our boy LaMelo is back. Okay, let's go. The Dallas, you know, the first half against Dallas, 11 assists, more like three points, the massive fourth quarter, and really just carried that that hot play right on over in a game where we were down, because what did we get outscored, 40 to 18 in the second quarter? Yeah. Um, so it was a brutal blowout, but, um, you know, we made it close there at the end, but LaMelo was only a minus seven. Mm-hmm. And he did, he really did play very well. He was kind of let down time and time again, set up a lot of good open shots. But um, I'm, also the pace in that game was insane in the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, just felt like watching like 19, like early 60s basketball where it's like, oh, we have to shoot within six seconds. And um, Jordan Poole did not disappoint. That dude is an asshole. <laughs> Just taking absurd shots uh, throughout the game. Yeah, nah. Um, it was a nice, nice showing from Lamelo. Like that's it. That was at least a positive takeaway. Uh, Mark Williams, five for five. Like nice game from Mark. We should, we should mention Gordon Hayward has been solid. Uh, he shot forty four percent from three thus far through the season through seven games. Um, so he's, he's been quite good. He's been shooting worse on twos and like at the free throw line randomly. Um, but yeah, he's, he's been nice. He's been a good little, uh, you know, glue guy, Gordy. He does kind of keep the team, uh, <laughs> together at times when like, like when he's out there, it seems, it seems like the team's just functioning better. Right. Okay. Took three and a half years, but that Gordy nickname is finally, finally getting some traction. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Gordon. Yeah. He, we we tried to come up with something for him, but it's like hey, it's just kind of boring to be like, will he play more than fifty five games? It's like, man, when he plays, he's good. He's a security blanket, and um, yeah, good good time, Gordy. You know what really killed us last night? Twenty one minutes from JT Thor minus twenty one zero points. But what about his closeouts? <laughs> it's not all about offense, I guess. Uh, you know what also <laughs> killed us? 18 minutes from Taylor Maladon, minus 21. <laughs> man, they were they were the Shaq and Kobe of sucking last night, man. It was crazy. <laughs> they went in there, and they were just blowing it up. And uh, you know who had the only positive – or not the only, I guess, Leaky Black and Nick Smith Jr. But uh, Mark Williams had a positive plus minus in 18 minutes. So uh, let's let's play him more. What do you think? Well, I don't know, dude. They were going small. Yeah. You know, he was out, obviously he's out there to guard offensive juggernaut Daniel Gafford. But yeah, when Gafford's not out there, it's like we got to make sure that Kuzma has a nice, easy path to the paint. Yeah, that, that was kind of annoying. <laughs> yep. And you know what that means, Mark? Mm. It's time for Media Corner. What you got? All right. I, I don't have anything for Media Corner. How about Life Update Corner? I'd love it. Okay. Yeah, I recently got a uh, part time job doing college basketball analytics for a company called HD Intelligence. Uh, as some of the listeners know, been on the job search for a little bit here. So a uh, little, little congratulations uh, to myself. And it's just like exciting, like doing more things with basketball. Um, taking taking some of the skills I learned in the podcast, Tim, analytics, little statistics, and taking that to the college basketball realm. Um, so yeah, that's exciting stuff. And uh, I'm excited to get started. Hey, I'm excited for you, and everyone else is as well. What do you got? 
Um, a little late on this, but uh, Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon. Seed in theaters. Don't be cowards. People are like, it's three and a half hours long. Just see it. One of the best movies of all time. Saw it twice in theaters. I ate up seven hours of my life, and I'll do it again. I might see it again this weekend. Everyone should see it. I'm almost positive you've said that before on Media Corner. <laughs> no, it just came out. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Uh, all right. It's been real, like Tim. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Alright, it's been Real Liquor Mark. Be safe out there. Peace. Peace.